know. Episode one. Episode one. Uh, my name is Jay Cruz. I'm Austin Tokar. And uh, this is our first episode of, we haven't decided the name of the podcast, but you will have seen the name when you look at the title of whatever this is going to be. So we we're going to decide that in the next, or it could be blank. Who knows? We'll leave it blank. We'll leave it open to interpretation. Uh, so I, I think to start off the podcast, we're going to kind of talk about um, our backgrounds. Well, who we are. First of all, um, I'm 42 years old. This is my brother, Austin. Um, we've known each other our whole lives. <laughs> Most of our lives. Most of our lives. <laughs> and to be honest, um, growing up, um, because of our age difference, I don't think we hung out very much. We didn't hang out. We didn't hang out really at all. No, I don't know. It was mostly me and Ryan, you know, what about you, Ruben? Were, you were gone as soon as I was five. You were out of the house. What about Ruben? You didn't hang out with Ruben? Didn't I say Ruben? What did you I said say? me and Ryan. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me get a sip of this coffee. I'm falling behind. Okay. So to give a little bit more background, um, I'm the oldest brother. Uh, we have two older sisters and there's Ryan, who's two years younger than me. Ruben, who's two younger than two years younger than him, and then Austin, who's 13 years younger than me. So um, that's the, the span between us. And so, like, like I said, we, we barely hung out with each other growing up. He says when he was five, um, I was gone. So I moved to Georgia, and he was still in Monterey. No, I think you were in Long Beach at that time. Oh, I was in Long or Beach. Or Albuquerque. Oh, I was in Albuquerque. One of those. You moved a lot of places. I have. I have a lot of places. Um, so, uh, actually one, <laughs> one of the memories I have, like of us growing up, probably one of the only ones is I was, <laughs> I was driving you to school. Um, you went to, what was that? That Christian school, Monterey Bay Christian school, Monterey Bay Christian. I don't, I don't know whether you remember this or not, but, uh, you're being a, like a total brat that morning and I was driving and I was, you're saying something and I started yelling at you. Like I was like super upset and I started yelling at you. <laughs> And then, Sounds right. yeah, and then the car uh, caught a flat tire. Do you remember this? The flat tire? I got a flat tire while driving you. And then you were like, see, that's what happens when you're like, like something <laughs> like that's what happens when you're like, talk like all that mess to me or whatever. <laughs> like I got flat tire. I remember using Jesus a lot. And I was like, see, God's judging you right now. <laughs> so anyways, um, just, just thinking right now, that's probably like, I mean, there's a, a lot of other occasions where we hung out that were like shorter and where we actually interacted with each other, but that was like one of the things that I remember as like a an adult. I was 19-ish or something like that, and you were in like third grade um, and uh, just taking you to school. I didn't cuss you out or anything, but I was definitely yelling at you and uh, just getting a flat tires. It was just like the, the ultimate like payback of, hey, yeah, that's why you shouldn't be doing that to your younger brother. I think that's my job as the younger brother to annoy the older ones, you know? <laughs> it's like on a daily basis, I'm the special one. I'm the youngest. I have the parents' attention. <laughs> I, I mean, it's true. Uh, we have people coming, like, the setting that you guys see right now, if you're, if you're watching this on YouTube, um, is my gym. And everybody that comes over, I can tell what child they are based upon how loud or quiet they are. And all the youngest ones, like, if they're the youngest child, they're always really quiet. They don't, they're not, like, really outspoken. And then the super outspoken ones are usually either the middle child or the older child because they're trying to, like, buy for attention and stuff but the younger ones they don't care they just, i don't know man you gotta lump those only childs in there they don't talk a lot okay well that's the same about the same only childs and the youngest one because they got all the attention mm -hmm. anyways um so all that to say is we didn't hang we didn't hang out that much so um 
now we are and um this is this is the podcast so yep episode one (laughs) um all right so austin um when when i so i left off to georgia and uh, i didn't really i mean i was always into athletics um in some way um and you got really into it once i left and i moved to georgia what was um what was your journey in terms of sports, fitness, and, and coming to where you're at today? Man, when you left to Georgia, I was in fifth grade. Okay, well, Man, it, it started somewhere. Well, it started with you. Was it you eating the chimichangas as a child, or was that Ruben? <laughs> yeah, I had to feel those uh, baseball games somehow. <laughs> uh, me and Ruben both. I think he taught me to get some chimichangas in there. <laughs> Except I would have two, and he would have one every hour. Oh man, I'd have to I have to find a picture and throw it up for you guys of um, what Austin looked like when he was a little kid. It was, it was no, it'll pop up right here. Yeah, we'll we'll put it somewhere right here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think uh, I never wanted to do anything. I wanted to play video games, stay at home. I guess I would play in the woods sometimes in the backyard, but you know, I wasn't really uh, an active child unless it was wreaking havoc on my older brothers or sisters. Um, I think my dad forced me to go to baseball practice uh when i was in fourth grade um i hated that because you meet a lot of strange people out there especially when you're kind of like a anti-social kid a little bit when it comes to uh other families you know uh i was always kind of shy but once i built that uh familiarity with you i would hang out with you a lot and be very open but uh yeah new new things for me was a very hard thing but back to the topic um yeah, starting baseball in fourth grade, um, naturally talented. My dad was athletic. My mom, she never did any sports, but I'm assuming there was some athletic ability there because uh, our whole family is full of athletes. So, uh, but yeah, baseball is where it all started for me in fourth grade. I think for me, um, we had, um, so I went to a school in Monterey. Uh, it was called Foothill. And I don't know whether other schools had this thing going on, but we had an Olympics um, that we did. And so every single grade, did athletic things against other people. So we had like a jump rope. We had a 50 yard dash. Um, I think we had a a broad jump. And I think the first year I did that, um, I got a a medal in every, or a ribbon. It wasn't a medal, it was a ribbon in every single category. And I didn't realize that I was, I didn't know I was athletic. I just always played outside. I was always doing something outside. And that, and then at the very end of the Olympics, um, they called up everybody that had like some sort of, um, award in every category and it was like me and one other person and I that's when I realized like oh shoot I can do a lot of different things and I can do them better than most people and I think from then on there was some sort of athleticism that I um, I practiced like every single thing I did honestly after that I think that was like first grade or kindergarten one of the two I think right after that is when I started jump roping like almost every single day I tried to jump as high as I could jump as far as I could I didn't get into weightlifting and all that but just athleticism was um, built to me at that age when I knew, oh, I'm, I'm faster, um, I'm more explosive than all the little, I mean, it's the first grade, but, and, and to be fair and not to be like racist, but I was the only one of color in that school, really. There wasn't very many other ones. So, um, the, the gene pool was, um, a lot of smart kids. And then me, well, I was smart too, but <laughs> athleticism you can't wise, play that full stereotype there. You gotta yeah, have yeah. smart in too. Well, I'm part Asian, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, with the Filipino Asian. <laughs> we didn't get the smarts. So from there, um, where did you go from starting baseball, like, young? Like, how did you, how did you transition into, um, like, junior high to high school? 
think baseball is my natural talent. Like that's what I was really good at. And I could think I could have went a lot farther with it if I had just put the effort in, you know, um, but you know, as you get older, you start getting a little more, uh, receptive to how other people look at you. Right. So you're always worried. You got that peer pressure on you. So, um, football became a thing for me once I got to high school because all middle school, mostly elementary school, that was all baseball. But once high school hit football was a thing, like everyone wanted to play football. Right. So again, that was another hard thing for me. I had to go in there and I looked at all these other kids my age. and I'm like, man, I don't know if I fit in here because, uh, the school I used to go to was a little bit more inclusive with, uh, you know, some brown people, some black people, right? Now, this new school I went to is mostly white people, right? So I had never went to an environment where it's mostly white people, unless it was church. It's always white people at church. But uh, <laughs> anyways, so <clears throat> a bunch of kids my age, uh, pretty athletic kids. Like I remember uh, when I first went there, I was like, man, everyone's as good as me here as far as sprints go. Um, long distance running, being able to jump far, everyone was around my talent level, so I didn't feel special anymore, right? Um, but at that point, it was about who trained harder, right? And that whole class group, and this is what I remember most, that everyone loved to train. Everyone wanted to get better. No one was settling for anything less than they, they wanted. Um, but stemming from there, um, going through high school at football, I think when we started weight training, that's what – when it really clicked for me, like, hey, I really like this, right? And I think that's when uh, I had to decide, uh, what do I like more, football or weightlifting, right? So I kind of went back and forth with that all through high school. Um, but I only kept one, kept the weightlifting aspect in there, you know. <laughs> Everyone wants to get bigger than the other person, right? So um, for me, that kind of led me down a path of bodybuilding. And now here I am coaching, um, doing bodybuilding and other people to do bodybuilding too i think uh for me one of the things that i've i learned uh like i i started uh i guess in high school when i actually really started lifting weights and um i was really into basketball basketball was the sport but if we go back to baseball like i was naturally talented at baseball too i just it was too slow for me i i didn't like it so i didn't so, but i loved basketball i don't have the genes for basketball i'm 510 um i could jump um really well and i could play basketball but in terms of like longevity there's like you know three elite athletes that are under six foot that that play basketball so like I was like that's not realistic so again I went to the thing that I enjoyed um, which was weightlifting so I kind of stuck with that as well um, I think I was 155 pounds like leaving high school and then all the way until I was like 22 or something like that. And I'm like, how are all these other people big? Like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, I watch movies like uh, like Jean, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and I looked him up. Oh, how much does he weigh? Oh, he weighs 185 pounds. Oh, if I just get to 185 pounds, oh, I'll be good. I'll be set, right? Um, so I think it was like a Thanksgiving, and I said, man, forget it. I'm just going to um, um, eat everything and gain weight. And I think in four or five months, I gained like 30, 40 pounds, but I had to do a couple of things. One, I had to lift really heavy, which I never did. And then I had to like cut out almost all cardio because I was, uh, my metabolism was so high that I could eat whatever and I would just stay cut all the time. Um, and so I got to, you know, I hit 180, I hit 190. Actually, um, I, I remember going back to California because you guys hadn't seen me in, in a minute. And um, Ruben was like, man, you're built like an ox. Like what the heck? <laughs> and um, I think that was actually the first time that you 
uh, Ryan and Ruben actually saw, oh shoot, our genes can actually, we can actually gain weight. Um, but that was too, like for me, I was like 212 and it wasn't nearly as solid as I am now. I wasn't nearly as strong as I am now. So there was a lot of fat that came along with that. Um, but um, I, I think it was cool for me to tap into something that, you know, all of us were like, there's just no way, like, how can you gain that? But then once I got to that weight, it's like, okay, but I can get bigger though. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do I get bigger? Um, yeah. I mean, speaking of that, like, uh, yeah, I remember when you first uh, started training seriously and uh, did get in that weight, I was like, man, this guy's beefy. Right. But then I'm also thinking back and I'm like, yeah, you were beefy, but you did have that distended stomach a little bit, a little <laughs> bit, not a lot, but just enough to where you're like, you know, you got that Ronnie, Ronnie Coleman gut going on just with all the mass, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I, I honestly, um, during that time, I ate whatever. Like, I, I, ate, I ate out probably three times a day, but then I, um, I, I worked a super uh, physical job, so um, I was burning calories at that point. And then I also, I was playing an um, a intramural, like, basketball league, and I was working out. I was doing all three, so, like, um, I was probably eating too much. I was probably eating, like, 4,000 calories a day, which for my size was way too much. Um, but again, I was lifting really heavy and, and I wish actually I didn't lift as heavy as I did. I wish I lifted a little bit lighter and lifted for more reps because I lifted as heavy as I could for like three to five reps initially, which was too low and is too much of a load too fast. And I don't think I have injuries quote unquote today, but I have like apprehension of lifting super heavy weight because like the fear of, um, injury again, like I threw out my back when I was younger. Um, and it's been a bother ever since then, but I think yeah, it's that'll be a good story on here too. When you, how you did that. Oh yeah. That's a great, that's a great story. That'd Maybe that'll story. be <laughs> next episode, but, um, uh, that's all played into uh, a fitness and, and just deciding on, you know, how heavy I'm going to lift, but gradual is like, you definitely have to challenge yourself, but gradual is definitely, um, the way to go. Don't, I was just watching some, um, Instagram reel earlier and the guy was saying, um, something I don't, I don't remember what his name was anyways he said don't um, spike your load more than 10 percent in a week because uh, it's just too much for, for your body <clears throat> and i would agree with that like don't go to uh you know progressive overload is good but not progressive it's progressive it's yeah. not all of a sudden you know yeah. spiking it it's over time yeah but i think going back to that uh it's funny you talk about that tiktok um a lot of us and I'm sure you have well, you as well. Um, when we're first starting, you're kind of looking up who are the top people in bodybuilding or whatever physique you're trying to look like. You're probably typing in their workouts. You're also typing in what do they eat daily, and you'll pull up like The Rock. I'm like, oh dang, this guy eats like six thousand calories a day. I got to do that if I want to get big, right? But <clears throat> we never really look at like what are the exact macros we're taking in, how many actual calories we're eating. Like I didn't start off tracking calories or macros. I just started eating whatever. Yeah. Kai Green was eating, you know, that, that was my guy. I was just like, man, that guy is so big. I want to be just like him. I want to be a bodybuilder like that. I started looking at his food and I, I just realized like this is way too much food for a normal person to eat, you know. <clears throat> and then you start looking at the workouts too. You start copying that and then, you know, you might pop something, get some injuries. You're like, that's not the workout for me, you know. Like though they're just giving you something of, whatever they did that week yeah nothing's exact but it does get you started into where you want to go um i think one of the people i was looking at um you know greg plitt was one of those guys yeah. that i watched a lot uh, younger 
age, but like, I think a lot of people that are just getting into it, they don't realize that whatever that person they're looking up to is doing, they've been doing this for years and there's no way you can step into exactly what they're doing. Like they might give you good advice on how to do a specific exercise, but you'd never step into trying doing um, what that person's been doing after years and years of, of, of doing weights. Like when I come, uh, when people come over to the house here and they work out, I always tell them, hey, hey, this is your first time. Don't do all the sets. Don't do all the reps. Go light. Just learn the movement and get the body mechanics of it. We're not even trying to build strength right now. You're just trying to get motor patterns. Mm -hmm. Forget strength. Forget size. That's, that's irrelevant if you can't move the weight properly. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. That's been uh, the biggest key for me. Like when trying to coach other people and even myself, like I, I've more recently backed off on a lot of weights because I wanted my motor function, my motor pattern to be better than what it used to be. Um, so it's like just a rebuilding. What, what, do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's like in anything we do. You're going to start where you're at. You don't want to start where someone else is. You do that, you're going to end up in the hospital, right? <laughs> so for anything you do, start where you're at. So if you're just you're getting into fitness, you're starting to lift a little bit, and you're trying to eat right a little bit, I mean, you, you got to take a serious assessment of, hey, where am I and where do I want to go? All right, so where, where do I start? And that's just like doing probably what you're doing right now. You're starting to eat a little bit cleaner. I'm um, going to the gym like a couple times a week, maybe three, four or five. Um, but <clears throat> you really have to gradually get better um, from where you're at because <clears throat> you cannot go zero to 100 too quickly. That's how people burn out. Mm -hmm. um, and when people burn out, you know, they tend not to come back at all. They have the serious dis distrust of the gym of like, oh, man, it's not for me. You know, I, I, I couldn't do it anymore, you know. Um, so as long as you're gradually building that, uh, what would you say, uh, we'll say progress over time, you're, 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 you're getting this reward system of like, hey, I'm getting better every time I go here. You're going to last longer than most people will. That. So uh, I know that you um, – <clears throat> I thought that you went to bodybuilding because um, football, baseball wasn't a thing due to injuries. Um, but you you were definitely like lifting. Um, I, I know that you were like at the point where you were about to surpass me um, probably four years ago where I was like, all right, he's at the point where he's going to pass me up. And um, I was I was OK. Like I was OK with it. You know, I've been the big <laughs> brother for a really long time. And um, I'm still the, the bigger brother in a lot of other ways. But like in terms of size, like that was the first time where I'm like, all right, I've, one of my brothers is finally about to pass me. Um, and I know that you had just jumped on with Justin um, with coaching or with being coached for the first time. Yeah. What do you think the difference is? Like uh, what's the value in having a coach from where you were just lifting kind of like whatever you thought and whatever you saw on the Internet to now having somebody like guide you? Like what was the difference and what made you decide uh, to go with a coach? So look, like I, I, by that time I had already, you know, gotten detailed into bodybuilding, um, and doing my own fitness stuff. What, so, what age were you at that time? So I was, I really got to think about this for a second. Nah, I think I was 26, 26, 25, right around there. Um, <clears throat> when I had already, you know, been tracking macros, calories, I was doing the thing all myself, um, doing some bodybuilding, but, um, with that, it's kind of like when you don't have that accountability to someone else, you're kind of here and there with things. So I wanted to get into fasting. I wanted to do carnivore. I wanted to cut down really lean. I wanted to bulk up really big. There wasn't any regimen to what I was doing, you know? Mm -hmm. So 
it's kind of like when you have that person to keep you accountable, you're on a set plan. Like, hey, this is the direction we're going, and this is what I want you to do to get there. Someone's leading you to that goal you have, right? So competing was never my goal um, when I hired Justin. It was to have, like, uh, a regimen to be on, someone that can take me somewhere I haven't been before. Um, and when I saw him, like, on Instagram, I think I was just, like, scrolling and then I just see this big, loud dude, like, talking really, really deep and, like, has this raspy voice. But he's just shouting at you. I was just like, hey, th- this might be the dude for me. You know, kind of remind me of uh, my coaches back in the day. Mm. You know, just constantly yelling at you and getting you to do something better. Um, but he's a really funny guy, man. But he's a natural-born leader, too. Um, but, yeah, I needed someone to guide me and hold me accountable for what I wanted to do. So then, like, once he was coaching you and, you know, you were, you were progressing, at what point did he pop the, pop the question? Like, hey, are you going to do a show? Like, what, how did that? Because you were, had no intention of doing a show. So how did he get you to do a show? And have you ever listened to that guy? I mean, <laughs> yeah. the I know. most motivational guy you'll talk to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear, it's funny because um, whenever I've watched anything that he's done, um, like, he's yelling, but, like, he's not yelling. He's just talking. And it's, yeah. like, it's so loud that it. He's got that type of voice. He has like that Tony Robbins voice. Yeah. You know, just a little raspier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's funny. So like, were you like, no, I'm not going to do that. Or were you like, all right, I guess I'm doing it. Uh, I was in after a month in, I was like, you know, I really like this. I'm seeing progress. I mean, like I was making progress during the COVID era. Right. So mm-hmm. I had just hired him right before COVID hit, you know? So I was like, oh man, I'm not going to make any progress now. I don't know why I hired this guy. Right. Mm-hmm. But this dude stayed on me that whole time, and he made sure that things were going well, things were progressing. And he does that for all his clients, right? So um, I think that's when I really knew, like, hey, this guy can can really take me where I want to go. So uh, for me at the time, it was just like, hey, I want to get shredded, lean. And then when I saw his competitors um, compete, when they actually opened shows again during COVID, I was like, wow, I think I do want to do this because that's the look I was going for. So I was like, I might as well just do it, you know. Um, So I think just a random check, and I was like, hey, um, can we do a show sometime? And he's like, yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. And six months later, I think I did a show in San Diego, and that was the leanest I had ever been at that point in my life. Definitely hard to get there, but, man, that was good. You uh, you just – uh you you i felt like you were so lean you were almost looked like just a, a hair off being sick like, oh yeah like all, all competitors look like that man it's not healthy i'll tell you that but it's cool to look like that oh for yeah a few days <laughs> yeah you're definitely ripped and then I, I i remember i think the post right after that i think the first thing you ate was a donut or something right after it oh yeah those are good <laughs> that that uh maple cronut from uh maple bar is it maple bar yeah 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 what did you place in that that very first show that you did? Man, I think I did the uh, so the so the way bodybuilding shows are kind of set up. You have three different categories, like main categories. You have true novice, novice, and the open category. Um, true novice is for people who have never done a show. I think um, if I remember that correctly, novice is for people who haven't placed um, first or through top, top five. Um, and then opens the one where, you know, pretty much everyone does it, you know, everyone's trying to get that, uh, national, um, qualification to become a pro eventually. But, um, then you have subcategories like the master's category and teen category and, and so on. There's a few others, but, 
Um, those three were the main. So in the true novice, I got first. The novice class, I got second. And then the open category, I was, I was uh, seventh. Okay. Uh, but, I mean, you know, this is the NPC. So, you know, it's, it, 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 it's not uh, drug tested. So you'll be competing against guys who have been on gear for a while or just hopped on, whatever it is. I did that show Natty. and uh, what, did you, what, what did you weigh going into that show? 179, I think, was my lowest. Hmm. Oh, man, I felt, I felt like, like I was a feather at that weight moving around. It was, it was cool. Yeah, you, you looked uh, – it was funny because I knew you were still, like, big, but you looked hecka small in comparison to what you had looked like in general, like before you, before you cut, like there's a point where, um, like you get a lot of size on and then when you're cutting where you're like, ah, oh, this looks really good. I look both big and cut. And then you keep going past that point, And then you're like, oh, okay, you're, you look kind of small now you look cut, yeah. but you're, you're small now. <laughs> yeah. There's that point you hit where when clothes don't fit on you the same, they're really baggy and you're like, man, I don't look good in these anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Take off your shirt and you're like, okay, this is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. Yeah. But, uh, no one wants to hit that point for too long. Cause you really want to fit your clothes, you know, nice and tight. But uh, I'll tell you, there's no other, no other feeling like being four, five, six percent body fat you know, shredded. What are the, um, I know this is like, this is a whole different topic on its own, but what are the issues being at that like body weight? Like, how did you feel? Um, I mean, how long were you at that body weight for? And then how did you feel like during that time? So I had never done a bodybuilding show before. And uh, when you're doing that, you got to be ready for after the bodybuilding show. So everyone thinks the actual prep is hard, right? Those 12, 16, uh, 20 weeks you spend in prep. I mean, they're hard, don't get me wrong, but it's the rebound phase that's much harder. So at that point, you're trying to control what you're eating, mm. but you've been a, in a deficit for so long, your body just wants to eat everything to bring you back up in body fat because it doesn't want to stay that lean. It's th it thinks it's dying, right? Mm. So you're trying to eat as much as you can um, even take in more, a lot more fluid than you normally take in just to get that body fat back on and then have some sort of um, weight gain after the show. So um, I didn't really consider this too much. Uh, Justin obviously told me, hey, you got to control your eating right after the show. Uh, but I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I will, I will. And uh, what do you know? I had like six different cheat meals the day after the show. <laughs> Dang, in one day? Yep. I think I blew up. 20, 20 good pounds. Oh, shoot. Well, if Justin sees this, don't, don't mind that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is in the past. It doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 it doesn't matter. I've learned from it, right? <laughs> okay. And then you did, um, so then you eventually did another show. How, how much longer after that was that? Like, what was the space between the two shows? <sighs> I think it was about, I th it was only 10 months, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, so November uh, 2020 to august 2021 what did you come in at what weight did you come in at and what body fat were you at for that one i mean it's hard to tell body fat but usually you're somewhere in between four five and six percent okay you know I, I i was pretty stinking peeled for both shows and i know everyone says that like oh i was shredded when i got on stage but no, i really mean i was like national quality shredded yeah yeah so you like you can see striations in the glutes the hamstrings lower back you have all the detail there and that's how you know on guys like you're you're pretty stinking peeled you know yeah i'll find pictures of that too and i'll put them in this area and show you um i i mean i was impressed i was like i don't think we could do that i mean to be honest i've never been there my lowest has probably been um, like 10 percent, but i 
I just, I've, I'm never at that point where I, I wanted to do further. Um, I started like even just lightweight dieting and I just, I, it's not me, man. Like I could have percent's the feel good range though. Like yeah. you can maintain that and feel good year round. Right. Yeah. 10% <laughs> was good. Um, anytime I try to go lower than that, like I just would get immediately hungry and like just, it, it was, it was too much for me. I, I like 12% personally. Cause I feel like that's like my peak where I can still do things. I'm really strong at that point, but I'm also still look fine. Yeah. Um, I'll probably say I'm like at 14 right now. I probably want to, I want to cut down a little bit, but not really though. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm gaining. So I went from, I'm 207. You're 246 right now. 246. Actually. So yeah. he's 40 pounds. He's got 40 pounds on me and about an inch on me. So, um, he's the bigger brother at this point. Yeah. I mean like, like 10, 12% is good. Like, I don't think there's really any point going above 15%. That's when you're accruing a little bit too much body fat. That's not essential. You know, you don't really need to lose your shape. Yeah. Well, again, we're talking about more in bodybuilding specifics. Like you can do whatever the heck you want if your lifestyle, you know, you want to go about your day eating whatever and then just lift on the other end. That's totally fine. But I mean, if you're trying to maintain a really n nice and tight physique, there's no reason to go above 15% body fat. And you'll know, like you'll be able to tell like, Hey man, I'm, 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 I'm pretty over the line right now or not. Yeah. And, and um, kind of just preface what Austin said, we we both uh he's he's went the bodybuilding route i've been um just like the more um just general fitness strength um you know semi bodybuilding like kind of everything i've i've dabbled in pretty much every type of fitness a lot of just explosive at some point i did crossfit for a little bit i got injured doing crossfit mm. so i stopped doing crossfit um and then went to bodybuilding went to powerlifting i did you know i've done everything and i enjoy all of the things that's the thing though like what Austin said, do whatever the heck you want. I just do whatever the heck I want. Sometimes I feel like, oh, I just want to uh, do my bench squat deadlift a little bit better. So I concentrate on that. Sometimes I want to just, oh, my, I see like, oh, my biceps lagging. So I'm going to do that. So like I'll stay on one thing for at least six months to at least improve whatever it is. But at the same time, I, again, I do what I enjoy, but fitness is always part of whatever that is. So whoever's out there, whoever's listening to this, yeah, do whatever the heck you want, but stay dedicated to whatever the craft it is, and um, don't 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 switch up too much because um, you'll never be optimized for whatever it is, whatever goal you're trying to be, trying to do. You won't get there um, switching around too fast. I think that's a thing too with a lot of people is that they fall under that peer pressure, like, oh, I got to go do bodybuilding. No, you don't have to do bodybuilding. I mean, that's that's the big thing, right? Everyone wants to look good, and that 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 for. I'll say like 90% of people, like everyone wants to look good, right? Um, and then there are those 10% who, you know, love yourself, right? But uh, you don't have to do specifically bodybuilding. You do powerlifting. You like to lift, he lift heavy weight, do it. You know, you want to do CrossFit. You want to have all those other exercises in there that a lot of other people may not like, but you like, do it. Yep. Um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you know, any martial arts, really, do it, you can you can incorporate weight training into that too but i mean it doesn't have to just be bodybuilding yeah and i think a lot of people just you know again fall under that peer pressure of i have to do bodybuilding because i want to look good you can look good in a multitude of ways it's not just you know building up the muscle for hypertrophy hypertrophy purposes yeah i will say on top of that is that even though no matter what it is that you're doing everybody should do some sort of weightlifting um, in some way, shape or form, even if it is just your body weight and you, you practice with that, like, I wouldn't say just stretching and running 
is a good thing for you to do. Um, um, the, the more weight you can lift, the easier normal tasks in life become when you can lift heavier than what you normally function at. It's like having a, um, uh, a car that can, you know, redline at, you know, 12, 12,000 RPMs, but you only ever use it at 6,000. Like that's how, that's what it's like. You're, you're making it the rest of your life easier by, by lifting and, and being stronger for the rest of your life or for all aspects of life. Um, but that's also a whole nother subject. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty funny. Like once you do it for a while, you never even notice like all the other aspects of your life that are much easier mm-hmm. because you've been lifting. Like I don't even notice when I lift up like a 60, 80 pound box anymore. I'm like, Oh, it's pretty heavy, but I can move it. Right. I don't think about it. But then someone else who hasn't been lifting, you know, let's say like some kid in high school who just, you know, does the normal day to day stuff. He's like, someone tells him to move a box. He'll be like, Oh man, I, I can't do that, bro. Yeah. So you never really think about that stuff. I was, um, uh, telling somebody, they ask like, Oh, why do you want to lift so much weight or whatever? And one of my reasons is I want to be able to like, if, if I have a neighbor or anybody that needs help lifting something, I can go over there and just, just do it. Like, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to be like, oh, I don't know. I'm gonna be sore after that. I just go and do it. Um, my neighbors across the street, they were uh, moving in. And so I went and, and helped them and they had a, you know, a couple of guys helping them too. And then once we uh, jumped in and started helping them, they just sat back and didn't do anything. <laughs> and one of them was like, Oh, you got you, you're getting your workout in for the day, huh? And I, you know, people always say that to people that work out, they always That's say, Oh, you're getting your workout. No, 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 no. This is just yeah. like a random normal I'm task. You, dude. <laughs> I'm still going to work yeah. out later. Then they're all impressed. They're like, Oh man, well, I could never do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, finish up over there while you got it. <laughs> It, yeah. And that's the thing. There's a lot of things that people can do, but they limit themselves with that statement that you just said. Oh, I could never do that. Oh, well, there's things that I do now in the gym that I'm like, there's no way. There's no way I would ever do that unless I consistently, you know, progressive overload, try different things and harder things to the point to where I'm at today. Like you're never going to get anywhere if you have an attitude of you can't do something. You got to start somewhere, even if it is at the bottom, even if it is with um, unideal genes. You got to use what you got and, and do what you can with it. It's funny when you, when you, and you, you'll see this all the time on TikTok, Instagram, you know, everything where you can, you can see everything on there. Right. So, um, I was just scrolling Instagram yesterday. Um, and then I happened to come and come across one of these house builders, uh, pages and, uh, it was a really nice house in Utah. Right. It was like 8,000 square feet, unnecessary amount of, amount of room in that. Um, it's like, eight bedrooms and I was like well what is this for some sort of compound but anyways um I look through the comments and I just see like the first five are like oh man I'll never have that in my life it sucks watching this it's also cool but yeah I'll just never have that but it's like you're setting yourself up for a failure there right like you're you're telling yourself you'll never have this and you probably never will at that point because you're telling yourself already like I'm never gonna have this right um, and then I think that, that goes back to fitness is like a lot of people look at the big bodybuilders or the super shredded guys in the magazines and they're like, Oh, I can, I'll never have that. And, you know, you already set yourself up for the loss, like before you even started. So you re- <clears throat> lost my train of thought right there. Well, I'll tell you this much. So Austin is, Oh, Austin and myself physically, we're both Testament to somebody that doesn't have, I mean, we have good genes, like in general athletic genes. But I, don't, I wouldn't say that we have um, genes that can gain weight. Like we actually had to like um, um, intentionally 
lift and eat a certain weight in order to gain weight. We had to do things to do that. And so like for that kid that's out there, maybe you're 15, 16 years old and you're like, oh, I'll never do that. Well, we were there at that at some point. And I mean, Austin's at a weight that I'm like, oh, there's no way I could do that. But I could. I just don't like to eat, to be honest. I could, but I'm just not, a, I'm not an eater. You don't want to be at this weight though. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I don't. I, 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 when I was at 215, man, I felt too heavy when I would run. I felt like I was cracking the pavement when I was running on the pavement. It just felt like do, do, do. It didn't feel graceful at all. I think right now I'm still just a little bit too heavy, but um, I, I don't know. I, I, I like it. I, I still want to be graceful. But and what you were saying about the house in Utah, um, it's funny. You're like saying 8,000 8, square feet is the copious amount of space. I'm like, well, my house <laughs> between the two buildings is about 9,000 square feet. <laughs> hey, but, but this is a compound. You got a gym here. So. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it is possible. And I'll tell you as a kid, there's no way that I would ever dream to have everything that's here, uh, you know, a, a home gym like I do have, a basketball court indoors, um, a room technically for each one of my kids. Where when we, when I was growing up, I would share a room with both Ryan and Ruben. We all three were in our own room, oh, and he was that. in he was in his own like little loft room. Yeah, but you didn't want that loft. <laughs> I, the, the one thing I remember that that loft is that I rolled off that little five foot drop when I was asleep, and I woke up just like screaming. I was like, Ah, what happened? <laughs> he basically lived like on a little shelf. Basically, you lived on a shelf, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a five by a five by ten shelf is what he his room was in. My parents were probably like, oh, we'll save money by just putting them in here in this closet. Because realistically, <laughs> that was also a closet. It was a it was closet. Like they it's had true. all their clothes in there just hanging up and everything and just storage. Yeah. And I was like, huh. But you don't think about that as a kid. You're just like, oh, this is a cool room. <laughs> well, I mean, you were so little at the time. That amount of space seems like it's it's big and it's your own space. So, like, yeah, it was your own place. But, like, everything's big when you're a kid, man. I yeah. remember that. I was like my own little world in there. Yeah. So all that to say is like, hey, like anybody that's out there, like anything is possible, but you have to go after and get it. You can't sit on your hands. It's not going to come to you. You got to do some sort of work um, um, to get there. And it's going to be hard. But once it once you're there, it's it's no longer hard. You're like you look back and you're like, oh, shoot, I'm here. And I, I have no idea how I got here. I worked to get here, but um, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, the daily grind is. But once you get there, you don't you don't remember the really hard sessions of working out. You don't really remember stuffing your face with food when it didn't feel good anymore because you just had to put the weight on. Um, you know, you don't remember any of that stuff, but you do remember you you um, experience the results of it in the present day, though. Um, and so that's the that's the reward. And I think uh, this is so cliche, but you got to be there in every single moment because, I mean it bodybuilding in itself is monotonous right so you're kind of just repeating the same pattern day after day after day but like again you don't really think about that you know after a year's time and you've gained the 20 plus pounds in that period of time you don't think about like oh i just ate all that food and that's all i can remember no you don't think about that you think about like oh shoot i gained this 20 pounds that i wanted to put on over this year this is crazy right so it's just like you you appreciate the the stuff you're doing in that daily moment when you look at it in the long term of things. Um, how would you say um, being a father affected your training? Oh, <laughs> well, uh, so for me. Start off from Georgia when you first had Tristan. So I remember that that was a different time for you. Uh, when I first had Tristan, uh, so, I, so I started actually like lifting weights when I was 17, 18. And um, dad had that like multi-system in the garage 
that had kind of like you could do everything on it. And I used to use that all the time. I was the only one that really used it. Um, I think he used it some, but I've, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that was really consistent on it. Yeah. But I still, again. It was a Bowflex, right? No, it wasn't a Bowflex. It was like a multi-system thing from Costco. It had like a. The Bowflex knockoff. <laughs> yeah, but it had a leg press on it too, though. Like a, a sitting a leg, leg press or like a leg, leg press. press? Oh, no. See, he got rid of that one. And then he got a different one, and it was like a both. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. So I used both. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't eat very much, and I played basketball every single day with Ryan and Ruben. So I stayed skinny. Like, I, I stayed skinny. And I was like, um, you know, this, I guess this is my life, the, you know, the skinny life, the otter, the otter mode life is, is what I'm going to do. Um, and then um, I think I had Tristan. He's my oldest son. He's 17 now. I had him, whatever 42 minus 17 is. I had him at that age. Can't, can't do math right now. Um, and right. my training went down because I was losing. It was the first time in my life where I just lost sleep. I did not have any sleep. And um, I, I stopped training a little bit. Um, I also got into video games at the same time. So, like, uh, that's when Call of Duty, uh, I think it was Modern Warfare 4, or, or, Modern, or Call of Duty 4 was out. And so that was the first time I started playing online games. And I had him at the same time. So, like, um, I did everything because Julie, she couldn't, she couldn't help him or because she, she had got a C-section, so she couldn't do anything. So I was doing all the stuff at night. I was going to work and during the day, like she just made do, but I, I was doing everything. So because of my lack of sleep, training was just like out of the question. So that was almost the whole first year of his life. Mm-hmm. It's when my first daughter, Riley, she was born is when I was like, okay, when guys come around, I got to be some sort of imposing <laughs> character. So that, you know, they, they question, you know, their motives of like, oh man, is this really worth it? Do I really want to, you know, I gotta, I gotta, you know, do everything right if I'm going to try and be with her because her dad will kill me. So I said, that's what I had to, I had to be that, you know, I had to look the part. Yeah. I had to look the part. So that's when I got serious. That's the moment where I'm like, okay, I gotta do this. And, um, so she was my first like inspiration to like really get bigger and look, look the part. Um, I think most guys, um, I think most guys can identify that when they first start lifting weights and the, what is their motivation? I think that they think about is like every girl that hurt, hurt their feelings or, or broke their heart there. And they're like, Oh, I just gotta, Oh, I, I hate her and whatever. And that's like the first motivation. But mine was out of like the love for, that I knew that I was going to have for my daughter and looking out for her. Um, but then I just, I just kept doing it after that. I just, um, I did it for a long time by myself and, um, lifting weights by yourself is okay. Um, I think for some people, it's great to to let off stress. Um, but at some point, like I was like, this isn't as fun or people would ask me questions about it. I'm like, oh, I want to I want to teach other people and I want to like, help other people on their journeys. So, um, you know, the kids would have um, their friends, dads or like my neighbors or like um, people I met at church that I would start bringing over to, to lift with. And what I learned is like having other people around one um, it encourages you to do it and keeps you accountable to do it. Cause you're like, Oh, I know this person's going to come over at this time. So I have to lift. But then the other thing is when somebody's watching you, you just have this different like gear where you can lift a little bit more than if you were by yourself. So, um, like even here, I, uh, people are here almost every single day working out and that it just puts me in a different gear than if I'm just lifting by myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think this past two years have been the most, the absolute most consistent I've been, even if, a not that a video game would stop me from working out. But I remember when uh, Diablo 3, bro, when that yeah. came out, yeah. for six months straight, I just stopped. I probably lifted a weight, you know, when I'm 
drinking something like that was my lifting. Um, <laughs> I didn't lift not one weight for like six months. And I went to work one day and one of the guys was like, Hey, are you okay? You doing okay? And I was like, yeah, why? And he like, you know, squeezed my arm. He's like, ah, you know, I just, just make checking up on you. It's like, dang. And so from that moment on, I never had a hiatus, like long, like longer than a week or two, never again. But this past two years, I think having something to work out with you all the time and accountability, um, is key. But like, um, now having, you know, having kids and having like a, like, that's one of the reasons why I built this gym the way it is, is so that, um, the kids have a place to work out. That's one safe, but then I can also teach them, um, and hopefully give them the passion to work out. Um, like, I, like I have, um, Riley is probably the one that, uh, actually wants to lift weights. Corbin, who's the, one of the twins, uh, you guys probably don't know my kids yet, but you will talk about them eventually. But um, Corbin's getting into it. Kinsley's the most like naturally athletic, and she doesn't need to lift. She plays volleyball, and um, I had her um, squatting the other day. She never squats, but she was squatting 155 pounds um, for reps, which, you know, me as a 19-year-old was like, dang, man, that's a lot, that's a lot of weight, <laughs> you know, or an 18-year-old. Yeah, I remember I failed on 135. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, I remember um, – being in the gym uh, in high school and looking through or playing basketball and looking through the gym doors and like there's these big wheels on the uh, on the bar and, and you know there's someone squatting I'm like dang that's a lot of weight and in your mind it looks impressive and then when you actually try to lift it it's like yeah that, at that age that's a lot but she's 13 years old squatting 155 pounds so that, like that's like that's testament to just like um, uh, modeling it as you know a parent so um, I don't know, being a parent and, and um, passing on those type of things to them is like probably one of the greatest things, coolest things ever. Um, and especially seeing them actually get strong and like when the kids have like lines in their bicep or their tricep, they get all like proud of that. Um, but I don't know, I think that's, um, that's how it's positively um, impacted my, my weight training. Um, I don't ever wanna be a dad that they, you know, when a kid says, oh, my dad could beat up your dad. Even though I would never fight anybody, I'm just not that type of person. I want them to be able to say that. And then when their friends see me, they're like, oh, dang, you're right. I'm not even not even going to test that, you know. But I think that's the funniest thing because uh, I think I was just talking to Justin the other day. Uh, he was uh, he went up to this farm. I think they went to like a farmer's market, I guess. And uh, this lady went up to him because he was looking at this picture. Right. And she's like, hey, my husband bodybuilds, too. Right. And then this guy walks on over like a hundred and eighty pound, five foot ten dude walks on over, and then uh, first thing she says to him is like, "Hey, hey, honey, I was telling you over here, this guy, um, I was telling him that you bodybuild." Oh <laughs> no, so, don't! So I mean, J Justin's like six foot three, two hundred and eighty pounds. So I mean, like, you know, that's a pretty significant difference. And when you tell him you bodybuild, you better be a bodybuilder. Yeah. If if I saw that, I'd be like. Yeah, see, I don't even claim to be a bodybuilder. I, I'm just, I'm just into fitness and I lift weights. Because uh, a bodybuilder is a whole different, it's a whole different aesthetic for one. And then your size, like, okay, if you're five foot seven, you better be at least two hundred pounds at five foot seven to make it look like you're a bodybuilder. Otherwise, you know, you're just athletic or whatever. You know, yeah, you're, you're fit. Yeah, you're just fit. fit. You're into fitness. Short. You're not a bodybuilder. You're into fitness. <laughs> yeah, there's a certain weight cap you have to hit. I mean, people say weight doesn't matter. It definitely matters in a lot of cases. Yeah. I mean, you could be, 
Well, the other thing you could say is, though, you're just uh, into aesthetics or you're more of like a classic, but like bodybuilder in terms of like open bodybuilding, that, that's a whole different weight and that's look. a different game. Like yeah. That's, those are monsters, right? That's what I'm trying to be, but I'm still kind of like in that mid-range classic range. I'm trying to get out of that. Yeah, you're, you're like a click above classic. Just yeah. That, and that, I'm in that awkward stage, you know, just like when you have a, there's that awkward stage of hair. That's about where I am. <laughs> now that picture that you posted the other day of, um, I don't remember what it was, but like, I think that was, I mean, biggest cool and everything, but like that was the best look that you had. Um, it just was clean. It was more like, you know, Arnold uh, back in the day. No, not even Arnold. I would say like more like um, Frank Zane. Frank Zane. Frank yeah, Zane, yeah, yeah. Frank yeah. Zane. It was, I don't know. It was dope. Um, but you either got to be like that all the time mm-hmm. or you got to be a monster. There's one of the two. You have to be either that that perfect physique all the time or like you just got to be big that was right around that maintainable phase yeah i mean that that wasn't too far gone to where i was like just completed de- completely depleted and just shredded i was about you know 12 10 12 body fat there so i think that was maintainable and i really like that look hopefully bring something similar with just more weight yeah at what point do you think that you will like is there a a level that you're like, okay, I attained it. Now let me go to a more of a, a cheaper version because eating as much as you need to, to maintain 240 plus is, is stupid because I know what I eat and I think I eat a lot, but to, to maintain, you know, 40, 50 more pounds of, of body weight is just stupid. I think it all comes back to health concerns, right? So you realistically, when you have a goal, there's always going to be something better on the tail end of it. And you're like, okay, I want to get a little bit bigger now, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. I think that's always what happens once you hit that um, certain goal you had. So like right now, I would want to be around 220, 225, like completely peeled, 4% body fat. If I could do that, it'd be awesome. Mm. But once I hit that, I'm going to be like, oh, I want to hit that 235 point, 240 point at that 4 or 5, 6% body fat. So I think it, it, it really comes down to like health concerns of like you can't maintain this at all because you're having, you know, blood pressure issues, heart issues, whatever the like may be. You know, so it's like an everlasting game pretty much. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Like the, all the bodybuilders that I see that um, like I like um, who's it? Uh, Jay Cutler looks like he's still kind of like uh, still fit and he's, you know, years out of the game. Um, and he looks still healthy, like whatever he did, like stay on like that level. But then there's other bodybuilders that, you know, they're, they're not walking well anymore. Um, they don't look like they lift at all anymore. Um, and they just not, they're just not in the game anymore at all. Like do you do fitness? And then there's like what we were talking about in terms of size, um, like the 212, 212 class. And they're all, you know, like five, six, five, five, like really short, but you look at them online you're like, Oh man, dude's like probably like six foot something. No man, at 212, you can't be over like five two, nope. Nope. <laughs> and put that kind of weight to be as, as big as you need to be. Yeah, I mean, you look at Sean Clarita. What is that guy? Five foot, and he's like, I think his recent post was 202 pounds, mm. like blown up. This guy hits the stage at like 176, 180 maybe this year. So, and you know, a lot of those guys have done pretty well, like those big names: Jay Cutler, Dorian Yates. Arnold, he he, he kind of goes back and forth with it, but a lot of those guys did stay in shape after yeah. they retired. Um, Frank Zane, another one, um, they did pretty 
pretty well with their physique, I'd say, uh, for what it is. Especially when you consider like, okay, let's go back to Jay Cutler. That like that guy was what 240, 255 pounds, I think, uh, on stage, mm-hmm. and this dude is, well, I don't know, lost a bunch of weight, but. He looks really good after downsizing. A lot of those guys don't look good after downsizing. Yeah. Like, like especially when you get, like, this is an issue with anybody. If you gain a bunch of weight, fat weight or muscle weight, and then you go down and you have just this extra skin that didn't, um, the elasticity didn't go because you you got so big and you lost so much weight. Um, that, that, that would be my only concern with, like, getting too big muscular-wise. Like, uh, you know, when people say, oh, I don't want to get too big. Don't worry about getting too big. Too big is too hard. It's, it's, it's indefinitely hard to get to lift weights, women, men, anybody, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Just lift. And the only way you're going to get too big is if you overeat and uh, it takes a special person to, to actually get too big. Yeah. I think that's the funniest thing. Like, so you have girls that will say, oh, I don't want to get big and bulky. And it's like, all right, obviously you're not going to get jacked like whatever Miss Olympia over here. But then you have dudes that say the same thing. And I'm like, Bro, you will never get that big, right? <laughs> it takes a lot more than what you're doing to get that big. Unless you're naturally, genetically gifted beforehand, you're just not going to hit that. I mean, that's like 0.5 or maybe even 0.25% of the population that have those genetics to do that naturally. Yeah. Get to that larger, larger end. Yeah, when you look at um, like people like Phil Heath, when he was in high school and he was already you know, jacked, he was big in high school. Um, people like that it's like um you know those are the those are the people that are like oh they can say oh i don't want to get too big because you know that they have that potential but then you see someone just starting lifting weights and they're you know buck 50. well it's funny you you say look he looks massive but he actually he's not that big right when he was in high school and college he wasn't that big but because of like the way his muscles form the way they look this dude's looks like a a mass monster All right, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, so you heard, heard a little bit of the history of both Austin and I's um, um, fitness journeys and just life and, and what we're doing now, what we're, we're about. Uh, if you're seeing this or you're hearing this and there's a comment section and whatever it is that you're looking at it from, whatever platform it is, um, throw questions down there and uh, we'll definitely talk about it. I know that uh, Austin has a lot of history with uh, bodybuilding and I just have a lot of uh, a history with gym building um, and fitness in general and training people. And actually he would be way better to ask about I'm training for bodybuilding. Um, I know just general body mechanics and how to train people in general and where to start. Um, but if you want to go advanced, I would say in terms of bodybuilding, Austin is the person to ask. So ask your questions. Um, we'll be around. Thanks for watching episode.